Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Let's get into the show. It's time to chat with today's featured guest, Kimberly McGeorge. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm happy you're here, Kimberly. Kimberly is an entrepreneur, herbalist, teacher, radio host, and wealth coach. For the last 20 years, she's been combining science with possibility as she focuses on creating life-altering change for her clients and students. Kimberly, take a minute to fill in some gaps from the intro and give us a little glimpse to your personal life. Oh, gosh, my personal life. How interesting. <laughs> it's actually not. No, I absolutely love what I do. I'm a single mother of four children. Some of them are grown now. And I live in the South in the United States. And I have built a business where I am absolutely able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, and however I want. And I learned from when I was a little girl that my, what I would call like my wealth value is actually freedom. So I've been, you know, able to create you know, a lifestyle that actually fits my highest wealth value, if that makes sense. I love that. Uh, running a business as a single mother, could you expand on that a bit? Oh, my goodness. It's a lot harder when your kids are young. <laughs> I'll tell you that. And I've always been kind of, I think, this is just my opinion, but I think you're kind of born an entrepreneur. You know, I think you can become one later on, but I think it's in the blood a little bit. And I've had like numerous successful businesses and then businesses that, you know, they kind of peter out because I really believe, you know, you kind of stay with the current energy and what's going on at the time and what people are asking for. So I've done a million, trillion different things. You know, at one time I had a, a mortgage company with my ex-husband. I've had an international mail order company. Um, I've had clinical practices. I've had, you know, now I'm virtual all over the world, which I absolutely love. And that gives me a lot of freedom, as you know, and as many of your listeners know. But um, yeah, as a single mom, really, like I said, it was harder when my kids are young, but my children are super supportive. And even though my children said they never work in the business, they've all worked in the business at one time or another. And now I still have two children working in the business. So it really works out, you know, well for our lifestyle. And I haven't really been involved in any kind of romantic relationship for three years. So my romance right now is with my business. So it works out well. <laughs> I love that. Uh, the first question we always ask from every entrepreneur who comes to the show is, could you tell me, as an entrepreneur, what is the one thing that you do that you feel has been the biggest contributor to your successes so far? You know, I have to say, and, and I talk about this a lot with, you know, the people that I work with, I have to say treating every single person on my mailing list, every single person I interact with in social media, almost as if they were my only client. So I'm kind of old fashioned that I believe totally in relationship and that you build your business, you know, one person at a time. When I first started out as a naturopathic doctor and herbalist, literally I had one client and then I had more and more and more. And then I was getting calls from all over Ohio, then all over the Midwest, then all over the Eastern half of the country, then the whole country. And then it became international, but that started with that first client and treating that client as how I would want to be treated in whatever I was teaching, whatever services or products I was offering. So I really believe in the value of the, you know, not only that one person can change the world as an entrepreneur, I absolutely believe that you can, but I also believe in the value of pretending kind of like in the moment, you know, you only have that relationship with that one client. So when I do my radio shows, I'm always talking to the one 
because that's how people want to be treated. They want to be treated like they are your only and most important client. The aha moment for me was when I reached out to Seth Godin um, a few years ago uh, when I was unknown in the industry and he replied to my email himself, which was really fascinating thing for me. As you know, Seth Godin is one of the industry leaders when it comes to online marketing and a guy like that answers your email. It made me feel really good and I think you're talking about that as well. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I've gone through the whole ego game, you know, three or four years ago, I I was in that ego place. And, and I always say it's a, it's a wonderful thing to be worshipped. And it's a horrific thing to be worshipped. And that's where the ego came in. So I had to, I went through some health challenges and, and kind of reorganized my whole entire business. And now I just come from that same place that obviously, you know, Seth, and I'm sure you and, and many others as well come from, which is, you know, I am no more important than you are. I may be further ahead for now. And five years from now, I may be further behind, you know, or I may be starting over or recreating my business. And so I believe, you know, maybe I do have something to share with everyone I come in contact with. But I also believe that even people that haven't started have something to teach me or share with me. So I am super willing to mentor and I really love empowering people and helping people because I had people that mentored and helped me. Yeah, that is an interesting topic. Uh, all the people who we had on the show, everybody's kind of same. It, it's kind of sad and we're not special. And it's a really interesting concept. I love that you talked about it. Yeah, you're so funny. We're not special. Well, thank you, Simon. <laughs> uh, Kimberly, I know you've had a really unique story as an entrepreneur, but I know it always hasn't been easy for you. Well, let's talk about the worst entrepreneurial moment you've ever had. Do you have a story which really shaped your life where you learned from major hardship or challenge? Absolutely. I have like a hundred. And I know you guys think we just like make up these stories for these shows. Unfortunately, we do not. <laughs> they, they really happen. But and and I shared just a, a tidbit of it a moment ago. But one of my, I, you know, you always think the latest one is the worst because it's the most recent. So three or four years ago, I had this amazing partnership and I joined with someone else going on the same path. And I'm like, we can make more money and influence more people together than separate. And we did. That was absolutely right. But as some partnerships, and you guys know what I'm talking about, it started to unravel. And I'm an intuitive, and I work as an intuitive, so I, I did what's called hedging your bets. I'm sure you guys are familiar with the energy of that. And I thought, okay, I see where this ends, but I'm going to hang on, you know, all cocky and ego. I'm going to hang on to the last second that I'm going to jump out of this partnership. Well, what I didn't count on was there's other things that influence us other than our all-powerful selves. And I was going into burnout. So by the time I was ready to jump out, I couldn't even barely function in my business at all. And so this was already unraveling. And he took that opportunity to basically say, oh, well, it was like two plus two equals four, but I'm going to take my two and then I'm going to become your two and take your whole identity, everything you've built up for 22 years and make tons of money from it. So in other words, he ditched me. And, and I had no ability at the time, health-wise, emotionally, mentally, really to come back. And I found out that, well, I brought, this is always dangerous, you guys, too. And I'm sure we could talk about this in a whole other show. But it's a little dicey sometimes to bring family or good friends into your business. That can either be incredible or it cannot end very well. So I had brought one of my good friends into the business as my administrative assistant. And I had let her, of course, work for both of us in our partnership well, she deleted all my customer service emails, all my emails, and we all know the list is what. 
And so I came back, you know, to what I call the work or my business ready to rebuild and recreate. And I thought like I could build on that foundation, that platform that I had. But, you know, she cleaned out the company bank account and on and on. But it was so painful. But you know what? It was also the mo- one of the most amazing things that happened to me because I realized that deep at the core, there was no one on earth like me, that I came here at this time, and I believe this about every one of you, I had came here at this time, and I had unique talents and abilities, and that I could start over from what? From nothing. And when you do that and come back very quickly, it, it is an amazing feeling. There's so many takeaways uh, from this amazing story. What is one thing you want people to get away from this uh, story you just shared? You know, I'm going to, a couple of things. I'd like you to say, follow your gut instinct. So, you know, if you think that you shouldn't partner with someone or that it's time to step out or it's time to change an advertising strategy or it's, you know, time to reinvest or whatever your intuition is, I really believe in people honoring their gut feelings. So I always encourage people in business, which is, it's kind of woo woo, but I think we really do know how to read energy, whether we think we do or not. So I encourage you to follow your intuition. And then the other thing is, I think there's always hope because if you really knew like every single detail, you'd be like, there's no way, there's no way. And what I think is so amazing is I'm so much happier. My business is so much larger and you just don't think you can recover from huge setbacks. And this doesn't just apply to business. Of course, this applies to personal life, a horrific divorce or, you know, a bankruptcy or losing your house or, you know, a betrayal like I talked about or sickness. But I have really found, Simon, that you can absolutely not just recover from anything, and I do mean anything, but you can thrive in ways. It's almost like you expand to meet that challenge and then you go beyond. So I really kind of believe we all have these superhuman abilities to really morph and change into something even better. I know you do a lot of consulting and uh, I think it's related to gut feeling. Uh, When you start working with the client, uh, Kimberly, what is the one thing you always ask? Is it about gut feeling or is it something else? You know, I always try to, I think one of the first steps when I work with clients, whether we're working again with love or health or business or whyever we're working together in a class is do they know, I call it their superpowers because we all have our own, you know, superpowers. One of yours is obviously talking to people, asking the right questions, bringing information to the world. And I know of many other things, but you know, often what I find, Simon, is that they are in a business or or pushing to create a business, trying to do other people's things, and that doesn't work. So I'm always saying, you know what, this can be fun, and this can be light, and this can be easy, and this can be profitable in a, in a nice flow. We don't have to wrestle with ourselves or with our businesses when we are in our natural purpose, our natural talent. It becomes very, very easy. And it's about chasing the passion, not the money, it seems like. Yeah, you know, I kind of look at it, the the flip, like flip that over on its head. I look at it the opposite. I think if you are living your passion and expressing you in a very authentic and sincere way, I think the opportunities come to you. I think people come to you and say, hey, I have this great idea. Do you want to do this with me? And I think money flows to you. I have this phrase that people think is crazy, and I'm actually writing a book about it. But you know, people are like, oh, I'm so worried about this. I'm so worried about that. Why do you never worry about money? I said, because I breathe and make money. And I don't, I'm not saying that from ego, you guys. I'm saying that 
and, and feel the difference in this word. I'm saying that from ease. And so I'm not the only one that can figure out the ease of, you know, making money or not being in money fear. Every single entrepreneur, business person, or even human being on the planet can live outside of money fear. And that's how easy money is, you know, when you are in your purpose and your passion. I think it's a really good in theory, but let's say there's one person in the audience who hasn't found your passion and they're struggling to make money. What are some steps uh, you would recommend that one person in the audience would take? And I kind of referred to this earlier. Um, one thing I would help them see if I were a friend or, you know, me as myself or, you know, in whatever capacity I was in their life is, are you offering something, meeting a need that people are asking for now? Because again, I use the term current energy. If I'm trying to sell something that people were clamoring for three years ago, which I see people doing really often. It's so funny. People are trying to do it the old way or selling it the old way or marketing the old way or or offering, you know, stuff that people don't want now. I think if you have a solution and it, it doesn't really totally matter even if you know what your purpose is, but if you have a solution or think you have a solution to what any group, and it can be niche, you know, one of the mistaken things about being an entrepreneur is that we have to sell or reach 8 billion people on the planet. We don't. There are such micro niches. I mean, there, I've got to tell you this story. So I was in the post office, I was talking to this guy and I'm like, why are you mailing all these like really crazy envelopes? Like, I'm like, excuse me, hello, I have a life. And he's like mailing a hundred things. And he goes, oh, well, I have my own business. And so I'm like, that's really cool because this is like this super young guy. And what he was mailing was he had a couple 3D printers at home and he was mailing parts to replace Nerf guns. And I don't know if you guys know what guns are, but they're like water guns and and those play guns that shoot those darts, like those kind of foamy plasticky guns and I'm thinking whoa and five six figures you know at home printing off things sticking them in envelopes and go in the post office and he was just getting ready to expand and have this big warehouse and everything you talk about a micro niche I mean like but that's what you got to see you've got to like kind of step outside the box and be like you know what yeah Simon's got this great podcast but does it mean that that's my path to making money maybe I like you know remote controlled cars you know do I have a solution that you know what what is my struggle when I'm looking for parts for remote controlled cars or colors for or how they work or how big they are or small they are you just have to kind of start brainstorming or get in the energy of someone that's really good at kind of brainstorming with you because Everybody has a solution, probably not just to one thing, but to many things. We just don't think that we do. It, we're kind of disempowered. And I think we just re need to re-empower ourselves and understand that we can make a lot of money you know, in small areas, just like we can make a lot of money in big areas. I think that was a great example of being so niche specific and you don't have to reach everybody in the world. Great example. Um, Kimberly, when it comes to your core business, what is something that is really working for you right now? Ooh, that's a great question. And, you know, it's always really worked for me and I've gone in and out of it just because, as you know, it, it is time consuming. But what really works for me is getting in front of people and getting them in my energy, just like you are, you know, by having this podcast. My, you know, radio show and my podcast are really working for me right now. And I even think maybe they're more popular now than they've ever been. And people really follow certain podcasts, as you know, very strongly. And 
they get to know you. It's that relationship. It's not even an illusion of a relationship. If you're letting people into your private time, into your house, into your shower, into your car, we're friends, right, Simon? <laughs> so, so it's establishing that relationship. That's really working. Um, another thing that really works for me, and I don't know if you guys have tried this, is doing the Facebook or social media type of group thing. So not just like, you know, having Facebook pages and, you know, putting up stuff and commenting or having your staff comment, but dividing it out into groups. Like I have a group for my radio show and I have a group for different classes I teach, but really kind of segmenting people off and having them have relationships with each other. And it becomes super, super magical. I mean, when people start getting married because they met through you and, and they become best friends, they move in together as roommates. And these are people all over the world. It starts blowing your mind. You become this connector and you become almost like bigger than life and and really, really known and valued as, as a relationship person, even if that's not even, you know, your niche or what you're necessarily selling or teaching. So that's really working for me. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, webcasts really work for me, but I do it totally different. Usually we sell out before I have to do like big sales pages or big launches. Um, I do a lot of videos. So, you know, I'll put up a YouTube video and live Q and A. So usually I'll be like, here's the topic, ask me questions. So I'll give a little teaser and we'll usually sell out. That works for me. Um, I have huge social media. I think it works for me, but it works for me as more of a general way. I've been doing a lot of the Facebook live pop-up videos. That usually works for me if I'm giving away something free. Um, it doesn't work so much for me um, if I'm not offering something specific. So like if I'm saying, okay, for this amount of time, I'm going to do free readings or I'm going to answer questions live. People seem to really like that. Ah, okay. You know, <laughs> and then you get like 500,000 people. So that that's really nice. However, when you say works, to me, it's always like the bottom line, like what's leading to the sales, what's leading to the growth of the mailing list. And that honestly, that changes. I really try to tap into the current energy and, and where I'm going now is where I used to go because I just accidentally found out something. I wrote this little dumb book like four or five years ago. Well, it's not dumb. It's just like this everything about manifestation, but it was kind of what everybody was into then, which was like the secret and, you know, wealth principles and stuff like that. And just, I don't even know why, but I brought that up on Amazon and I looked at it and I'm like, what? I'm like, that book is still number 400, like four years later in like two categories blew my mind. Like, and I'm like, okay, so it's time to write some more books. Usually we expect, uh, when I ask this question, a quick answer, like one or two things, uh, Facebook is working or really vague, you know. And Kimberly, you, it seems like you do a lot of things. Uh, tell me, how do you manage all that? How do you prioritize your time? How do you get that much stuff done? Oh, gosh. I have like that type A, like, um, it's so funny because I think you have some of this too, um, super workaholic, you know, type like work is fun and fun is work. And, and to be honest, I have the opposite problem. So honestly, up until really recently, I work 18 hour days and I do have staff. So it's not just like a one person show. I have tons of people that do tons of things with me and for me, but I'm always in creation. And so my discipline, and maybe some of you have this challenge is actually stepping away 
you know, when I go on a vacation, like not checking email, like not going on my Facebook groups, not tapping in, not being like, oh, I'm going to start this really cool thing or, you know, so I kind of have the opposite problem. I am just, I don't know. I'm just one of those weird people that is able to do like eight things at once. However, remember I said one of my challenges was burnout. So I'm still working on work-life balance, the play part, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that because we love what we do. And when we go on vacations, we don't stop. Our minds keep going. Um, Kimberly, I want to talk about daily routines and daily rituals. What's one or two personal habits you pursue day in and day out that really contribute to your success? Mm, I like that. So this is kind of strange, but it makes it interesting. So one of my habits that really grounds me because I am an idea person, I am always, you know, creating and writing and, and relating kind of at a fast pace, I don't wear shoes unless I go out in public. So what that does, you know, it gets rid of all the EMF, it grounds me, it centers me in my body, and it keeps like kind of one foot here. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to do like the kind of boring part of my job too, not just the woo-woo. I also, I have to admit, this is something I'm really, really good at. It's a very big talent of mine, which is naps. <laughs> so if I I'm tired as an entrepreneur, usually, unless I have an interview or something or I have a class to teach, I have the freedom to just say, okay, you're tired. You're, you feel sleepy. Honor that. You know, go lay. I have this beautiful uh, little lake and I, I have this hammock and I go lay in the hammock and I take a nap and and then I wake up and then I can work, of course, if I want to, to midnight or later. And I just think it's honoring those rhythms, you know, dehydration a lot of entrepreneurs i don't think they drink enough water so another habit is water 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 you know keep hydrated take a nap if you're tired keep grounded often i'll go outside 5 10 15 minutes and i'll walk the dogs and i'm like okay it's beautiful like it's fall like it's not just about work you know there's other things going on in the world and you need to plug into that as well so i have a lot of little kind of little rituals i built into my day i love that i think they were so practical everybody in the audience can implement them uh, kimberly let's wrap up today's talk with the topic happiness said uh, what brings you joy and really makes you happy in this life Ooh, that's so good you know what just i just love helping people and we use a lot of technology and things to read people's energy and kind of tap in and see where they were and where they are and transformation in my own life in my children's lives in other people's lives it like lights me up I mean think about that if you if one person came up to you at the end of your life and, and said Simon you were responsible for you know whatever type of transformation me going from broke to a billionaire or me going from depressed to living in joy every day. Like if you could just touch one person's life, like you would be like, okay, you know, I, I accomplished something, you know, major big time, but I have the joy and privilege of having helped over the years, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And that lights me up. My children, of course, you know, light me up a great relationship with my girls. And as I've gotten older, my dogs, I have I actually have four dogs, they just, sometimes we call it dog TV. We're like, we need to start a YouTube channel for our dogs because they just make me laugh. And again, they reconnect me kind of to that childlike, silly part of myself. So and I have like a million things. I really live in joy every day and I'm so happy, Simon. I can honestly say, you know, this 
And that's how we all should be. You know, this moment is the best moment. And then the next moment, this moment is the next moment. Tomorrow, this, you know, is the best time. So I try to really live in the present and experience joy on a, on a pretty continuous basis. Let's end the show with parting piece of guidance from you and the best way to connect with you, Kimberly. Oh, gosh, I always say Google me because I'm like everywhere. <laughs> of course, my website, secrettoeverything.com is a, is a good way. And there's a contact form on that. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and, you know, all the usual stuff, YouTube channels. So you guys can kind of find that really easily from my website. You know, I just feel like for this group and for your audience, I really want to encourage you guys to keep going. Stop. I mean, it's great to plan. It's great to do business plans. It's great to talk about it. It's great to be in, you know, groups, but take action steps every week or, or every day. Keep going. Keep moving forward. Even when it looks dim, even when your sales are down, even when you don't have the audience, you know, whether in social media or that you think you should have. In other words, proceed as if success is inevitable, meaning, you know, you're going to make it. It's just a matter of when and and have that soon because i always say you never know what's around the next corner of your life raving lunatic success could be seriously tomorrow so you guys have to live kind of in the energy of that let's end on that high note uh, kimberly thank you so much for coming in and inspiring everybody in the audience absolutely my pleasure thank you simon